0: Morning, everyone. Uh, if you've got your Bibles keep them open, it'll also be on the screen as we go. Let me lead us in prayer. Dear Father, uh, humble we pray before your majesty and mercy as we come to this Christmas Day together uh, to hear you speak, to have your name proclaimed, to have our lives transformed through Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, I wonder if you've heard the story of the little girl who on a Christmas, uh, not unlike this, uh, was filling out her activity sheet uh, uh, and did from, you know, something she'd heard during Christmas church, she did a picture of the first Christmas, it was a lovely picture, bright and beautiful, in fact in the middle of a picture was a plane, an aeroplane. Uh, with two adults and a child, a baby in the back and someone flying it at the front. And after church, she showed it to her mum and her mum said, that's lovely, darling. Uh, And asked, who are the people? Well, this is Joseph and this is Mary and this is the baby Jesus and they're flying to Egypt. Because you remember in the Bible how the angel told Joseph, you know, that they should fly to Egypt, a little bit of mumbling, uh, yes, excellent, and then a then mum said to her, and who is that on the front? And the little girl said, oh, that's Pontius the pilot, <laughs> ho, 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 uh, Christmas is here and it is a time for celebrating, isn't it? Uh, as we're celebrating, as David said, with our spiritual family here this morning for church. And today we'll be celebrating with food and with family and with gifts and as we are singing. And, and while we, what we do at celebrations may look the same, it's the different reasons we celebrate that captivate and excite us, aren't they? Uh, So at a wedding we celebrate the commitment two people uh, who are important to us have made to each other. At a a birth uh, a precious uh, new life Uh, and at Christmas well I think none does better than John 1 verse 14. The Word became flesh, that's Jesus, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ, the word of God became 100% flesh and blood and lived beside us. You see, it wasn't enough for the God of the universe to send messengers into the world. He came himself Uh, and in that way began the final, the climactic chapter of God's great plans for us. Now to remember the enormity and wonder of that event, and so we can appreciate it afresh during our celebrations this Christmas, I want you to spend a few minutes with me reflecting on Jesus' mission in coming. What did he come to do? And we're gonna pick up on some of those key threads from John 1 and Hebrews 2. Uh, and, and and here's a way to remember what we have heard, because uh, of course, you know, in education, we've all heard of the three R's, haven't we? You know, uh, it's summer holidays, don't talk about the three R's. Uh, but these are the three R's of Christmas, okay? Uh, Jesus came on a rescue mission, He came on a restoration mission and he came finally on a revealing mission. Three R's to remember uh, the first Christmas by. And we're going to begin with Jesus' rescue mission. You see, Jesus became a person and lived among us. But there is far more to his visit than just that. I wonder, is anyone having visitors to their house this Christmas? Anyone having visitors? Yep. Anyone going to visit someone else? Yep. Uh, Jesus' uh, uh, birth is a visit, but next level. (laughs) He was here on a rescue mission from God. And I wonder if you hark back to some of the great rescues you have heard of in the last few decades, like uh, the Qantas Airbus that flew out of Singapore. Uh, where the pilots saved the passengers and crew when one of the engines blew up and damaged uh, the wing and so much else. Or you remember the Chilean miners who lived underground for a month. Or more recently, those children and their coach trapped in the Thai caves. Now whether it's those or you remember uh, something else, Think think about the huge effort that people were willing to put in to make them safe. And in so many, how people put their own lives at risk to, to save others. And as you reflect on it, the scale of the rescue puts into perspective the enormity of the danger, doesn't it? And then we come back to these words from John. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Here is the scale and enormity of our need made all too clear that God himself broke into his world as a person, flesh and blood like you and me. Now think about how humbling that is in the first place. God, the maker, becoming one of us like the maid That alone would be enough to thank God for. And yet if that is all we celebrate at Christmas, well, we've missed the whole story. Uh, And as you read John 1 and from verse 10, if you consider the greatness of God, you get the growing sense of both the danger and the humility he shows uh, when he is treated so poorly. As John writes, he, Jesus, was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And so this Christmas arrival and what followed shows us the graveness of our danger, the seriousness of our problem, the whole world, the world didn't recognize him. No doubt about it, John who wrote this expects that people should have recognized Jesus. And I'm not just talking about you know his facial features, but should recognize the maker as those he had made. John even goes on to say, Jesus came to his own people. He's talking about Israel, that nation, given a special privilege and blessing in his plans, but even they didn't receive him. John is writing, the King of Kings was on our doorstep and we collectively slammed the door on his face. And it wasn't just ignorance either. He deserved the world's recognition, in fact the world's submission, but he didn't receive it. And the problem, the problem is sin. That hallmark of all human life where none of us escapes its effects dire as they are. Sin's a bit of an out there, abstract sort of word. What does it mean? Well, what about, describing it as following the wrong ruler Uh, when it comes to us and God it's clear we'd rather call the shots and decide for ourselves how to run our lives and raise our families and do our work and how we treat God than take our lead from the one we should recognize as God At its core, another way we've described it recently here at our church, it's the attitude of three words, I know better, I know better, than anyone else, than even God himself. And yet, Christmas is the beginning of the end of sin and death. John puts it this way in verse 14, Uh, The second half of that verse we keep going back to, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Grace, it's a word you hear all the time if you hang around churches or people who belong to churches. But it means to be given a gift. And a gift is something we don't deserve. Uh, we each give uh, gifts at Christmas. I suspect that I've seen a few gifts being worn or carried around today uh, already. Uh, but I did read a post of one wife's lament over her gift. Uh, she wrote, why is it that men can book tickets to their favorite concert or sporting event months in, four months in advance, but leave buying a pre- present at Christmas till Christmas Eve? I'm sure that doesn't reflect anyone in this room. I'm joking Uh, but the gift of God is that he doesn't treat us as we deserve there is an alternative to the grave punishment we have earned and not only does he not give us what we deserve he gives us so much more. He saves us, he saves us to be children of God and no one else could do that. Those Thai children in their coach couldn't swim themselves out of their rock prison, nor may we, from sin and death, not even with our greatest team of experts could we achieve that. Only God come into the world and as a person. Jesus' birth is the beginning of this climactic chapter of God's great rescue. That's the first R. The second R is that Jesus' mission is a restoration mission. Now that might not seem immediately clear but let me explain. Uh, The writer to Hebrews is helping people, helping his hearers to understand why Jesus came as a person. After all God couldn't Couldn't God have just done something, you know, awesomely powerful like speak out of the sky or give his people instructions to follow? All of which he had done. And what we learn is that he became a person in order to die as a person. Because the only way to take the penalty for sin was to die in our place, and you can only do that if you are a real flesh and blood person. In Hebrews 2 verse 17, it's called making atonement. In 2 verse 14, this is what it achieves. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too, Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. We celebrate today because Jesus became like us in every way. Flesh and blood and tempted and even suffering. But by his depending on God life, a life without sin and a life without I know better than God, he made it possible for us to be raised to life again and no longer fear death. He gave us new birth, he restored us, he met the greatest need we have ever had. And the thing is, And as Hebrews reflects on how God made us, it points us to how we were meant to rule over God's world. Yes, under God, that rule, but rule effectively and successfully, that's what our lives were meant to be without sin. But sin means it doesn't happen that way. And so Jesus comes to fill the very shoes that were meant to be ours, as it were, as people made in the image of God. But he does it perfectly, ruling over God's creation as we were meant to rule. And as he does that rightly and wholly, and as he does that in our place, how does the writer to Hebrews describe him? Chapter 2, verse 9 we see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Whether recognized or not, Jesus is Lord of all, ruling everything and everyone, even you and me. That was God's pattern and plan all the way through the Bible. He's not just the God who saves his people, he's the God who leads his people and in that way saves and restores us. This Christmas we're celebrating the beginning of the final chapter of God's uh, rescue mission, his restoration mission, but that leads us into the last of the three hours for this morning. Jesus coming is a revealing mission. Now there are all sorts of famous uh, people rule who rule in our world, aren't they? Aren't there? There are some who are uh, famous, uh, whether it's Joe Biden or Vladimir uh, Vladimir Zelensky. Some are infamous, talking about Vladimir's, Vladimir Putin or Kim Jong-un. We might just erase that from the video. Uh, But whichever way we label them, uh, it's their actions that they are judged by. And look at how the Lord Jesus, look at his actions, look at how he rules. He holds nothing back, humbly becoming one of the very people who had who had collectively scorned him, leading even to the point of being willing to die and then actually following through, so that he might taste death for everyone. And so at Christmas when we remember Jesus' birth as a helpless baby, And we remember the humility of God to be born as one of us at all. We also remember that God knows us and understands us so well that he enters into our suffering so that we might see and experience his grace, that he would die as a person in our place. And that is why we celebrate Grace is a great word to describe it. It's a word John used in his first verse that I mentioned at the beginning and came back to a moment ago. Let's hear it again in John 1 verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. This is God's glory. This is how he uses his awesome power in mercy, true glory. Actually, have you ever thought to yourself, wouldn't it just be easier if God showed himself, uh, even if everyone in the world could just see him? Or more often, I think it goes uh, through our minds that he'd at least show himself to me. If I could just see his glory then, But he has. And while we can't see it with our eyes, others did and they told what happened and they wrote it down because they knew his was a life and death story which ended with death and then life. And which we celebrate today because our story would have ended in death but now may end in life. I know for many of us here today that is now your story for you are the people that John wrote about in chapter 1 verse 12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And if that isn't your story, it may be today. No matter how bad you think you are, no matter how good you think you are, God offers the same grace that we all need. He welcomes all comers, so why not receive him? Why not believe in him? He makes all the difference in our lives now while we look forward to eternal life to come. And with that in place, he makes all the difference in knowing how we should treat each other and actually enables us, enables us to make that happen. He makes the difference in how we view ourselves and how we know of God's deep love for us. And he makes the difference in knowing no matter what we've done, no matter what we've become, we may be forgiven when we believe in him. And so we celebrate. We celebrate today, we can celebrate every day. And as we celebrate this Christmas, whether it's with food or with family or with gifts or with singing, and not everything goes quite the way we would like or expect it to do on Christmas day, even in the midst of that, we can be captivated and excited that single-handedly and at untold cost Jesus came today on his rescue mission as our restorer, as the one who reveals God himself to us in the Lord Jesus. Praise him for that and let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you that you meet all our needs and meet them every day for places to live and things to eat and people to love and love us. But above all, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have met our greatest need in the Lord Jesus, that we might be forgiven, that we might be rescued from sin and its consequences in death, And thank you Heavenly Father for giving us the privilege that we might be your children. Meet our unbelief, enable us to believe, remind us each day we pray of your deep and wide and rich love for us in your son, our Lord, amen.